Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. And, and then, like, and then you see Nick's little, little face, and his little smile goes up, and his little teeth come out, and, he, and, he, and, and, and he's just, and he's just like, "Are you angry? Are you gonna hit? Me? Are you threatening me?" Hello, and welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelorette franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelorette season eleven. Whether you love The Bachelorette or love to hate it, we'll decode what this reality show reveals about the world of dating. I'm Emma Gray, Senior Women's Editor. And I'm Claire Fallon, Culture Writer. Thanks for tuning into our Men Tell All recap. I think we should call it our Mansplain All special recap. That really feels appropriate. Yeah, something like that. Today we'll be talking about Ian getting on bended knee twice, how everyone is all about the Benjamins, and ABC's attempt to educate the public about online harassment. Very cool of them. We'll also talk to a special guest from Mike.com, senior staff writer Greg Krieg, a political junkie, a sports obsessive, and of course, my boyfriend. Thanks for coming on the show, sweetie. Thank you for having me. So before we get to Greg, let's talk about some of this mansplaining. Tanner really kicked it off in a major way, the return of narrator Tanner. <laughs> he, like, could not wait to start in. And the little montage of douchebaggery at the beginning really teed him up with that little crescendo to Ian because he had some things to say to Ian. Oh, he, had, he had feelings about <laughs> Ian. I feel like he had really thought this line out, but it was still pretty good. He's like, Ian, it looks like Princeton needs to teach a class on how not to be an asshole. Burn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like personally, it, it hurt my feelings a little bit. But also, it's like if you think that someone like Ian will learn from just one class how not to be an asshole, like, I don't think that's going to do well, it. Well, I think Tanner needs, was just most like offended at, at Ian's idea that all he did was make fart jokes. He's like, look. I made a bunch of fart jokes, but I also said some other things. Yeah, like about tabloids. Yeah, and like, like, look, you are undermining yeah. my deep understanding <laughs> of the tabloid world. Exactly. I've read a lot. Um, One person I'm really glad is not on Paradise is Corey. Corey was like, Corey significantly e, overrepresented. Who I, on for it. some reason, spoke throughout the entire episode. Like, who who are you? Why are you giving your insight? He had so many opinions about who was a good person, who made good choices. Specifically that Caitlin was a disgraceful—he didn't say yeah. the word slut, but you could tell Her that, choices that were he disgraceful and in bad taste. 
And all the other guys were like, but you weren't really there for most of this. So He's what like, do you know I've about it? I've watched some of the weeks of this show. Um, so therefore, I can pass yeah. judgment on the morality of the woman who rejected yeah, me. Yeah, that puts him in the same position as literally millions of Americans, like us, for example. And I also pass judgment on their morality. So on Corey's glass houses, yeah, I'm passing <laughs> judgment on his morality right now. He talked so much. Joe hardly spoke, and Joe was kind of a fan favorite. We didn't yeah. get to hear that sweet, sweet Southern accent. I know. Joe managed to get on screen without making any words come out of his mouth He hole. smiled a couple times. He, he silently laughed. And, <laughs> and he, he wore a bird wore mask. A bird mask. <laughs> Those were Joe's contributions. So let's let's forget Joe. I never liked him anyway. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. theater is. Look you know who I that. liked? Jared. <laughs> Jared yeah. really grew on me. I am so pleased that my initial instinct about Jared, you know, everyone else eventually came around to it. He was great. Stand-up guy from start to finish. And he really improved his facial hair. And not just his facial hair, his hair hair. You're right. His haircut was good. Someone should have sat him down before he went on the show because I think people would have liked him more if he, he had trimmed his hair to a normal length and and shaved his face allowing everyone to see the beautiful heart inside. He looked great. He said good things. Yeah. He was appropriately insecure and embarrassed watching himself back on screen. I was like, this, this guy. Yeah. I really just, I, I was happy to relatable. hear finally one person who got kicked off be like, yeah, I mean, going into the rose ceremony against those three guys, I didn't feel great. <laughs> I was like, they're always like, I was blindsided. I couldn't believe that I wasn't getting a rose. And I'm like, really? Because the other people were the front runners. <laughs> and he was just like, yep, I didn't feel good about myself at all. And I was I, like, yeah, I would have felt yeah, the same way, Jared. Me too. Very, we, very relatable. Claire and I understand you, Jared. Yeah. Maybe we should take a road trip, you know, up to Rhode Island, go to the Oyster Bar, sit down, have a real heart-to-heart chat with yeah. Jared. I feel like we would become friends. Yeah, I want to be friends with Jared. Also, I think Jared should be considered for Bachelor. I, that's how far around I've yeah, come on Jared. I think he would be good. But he's going to be on Bachelor He's going to be on Bachelor in Paradise, so he's not going to be the Bachelor. He's going to be too nice for Bachelor in Paradise. He's going to get eaten alive. Well, Ashley I in the in the promo, said that he would be a great choice for her to lose her virginity. Oh, God. I'm not sure if he's No, he Jared, run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Jared to be happy, okay? Oh, God. Um... Speaking of people we want to be happy, is there anyone else we liked from this season? <laughs> Very few people. Oh, God. Why don't we talk about people greatest, we don't want to be That was my greatest <laughs> realization from last night. I was like, oh, my goodness. There are so many men that are awful that were on this season yeah. that I had successfully blocked out of my mind. We didn't even have time to talk to all the villains. We didn't talk to Tony. We didn't talk Koopa to Koopa. spoke, but he didn't a, get a on the hot bit. seat. No, he just, all he, he did just was shot berate, his mouth off. break Caitlin again for making Ugh. apparently poor choices. Yeah, I'm not which, sure. like, you don't get to lecture her about that after he stormed off the show. And, for you know, in the circumstances that he did, right. which... He, he really didn't do himself any favors last night. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, who will be on Paradise, was one of the chorus uh, directed at Caitlin of, you know... You made terrible choices. Specifically about about Nick. He's very offended that, you know, they had all 
made this great, deep <laughs> commitment to her. And and she very graciously says, you know, Jonathan, I think you're great. I respect you. But uh, didn't you vote for Brit? Just like mic drop. Oh, Caitlin. snap. Mic drop. Yeah. He didn't have much to say after that. Uh, and Corey, um, with an E, also <laughs> made this great point. He was like, if you got to bring on Nick, then like, oh, I was sort of seeing this other girl outside the show. I think I should get to bring her on. If th- I think that's just fair. It's like, I Corey, no. He didn't realize he was going on The Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, that's not at all how the show works. And then Koopa went on this rant about how some of the guys lost their jobs to go. I'm like, if you... If you yeah. Are choosing to go on a reality show at the cost of your livelihood? Like that is yeah. that is a decision you're making. Listen, I say this about The Bachelor, I say it about The Bachelorette. If you gave up your job or left your child to meet this person, you do not get to use that as emotional leverage against the person who is the star. That that's not how it works. You, you know, made that choice. Yeah, you know you have a one in twenty-five chance. Yeah. Those you aren't know. great odds. Yeah. So the odds go down like ever so slightly. And also like Caitlin is in a weird position because a bunch of the guys, at least one of the guys just left to, to pursue right, and let's Brit. All remember so that basically Koopa, she's replacing uh, wanted him. a trophy wife. Oh God. Koopa. Brady was not on. We unfortunately did not get an update on him and Britt, although yeah. we do know that they have broken up. What? And Britt posted on Instagram, um, and it's been publicly reported, so I think what, we can say that. What it's did she post on Instagram? Uh, she posted on Instagram a long explanation about the fact that they broke up after about two months of dating, but they remain really close friends, and then there was some talk about Jesus and how oh, okay. that has continued to bring them together. Uh, but she seemed she seemed fine. Yeah, I can't imagine how she'd be fine after breaking up with Brady. <laughs> She's probably better. Congratulations, Britt. So after this men tell all but say very little, two hours, <laughs> um, all I really concluded was that I want to hang out with the Ben's Cupcake and Jared. Um, Clint is fine. And more Amy Schumer, please. Yeah, they should have just probably given us the unedited footage from the Amy Schumer date instead, and it would have been much more interesting. So our guest today, Claire's boyfriend and occasional bachelor and bachelorette viewing partner, Greg Krieg, is here. He's a senior staff writer for Mike.com, and he's joining us to offer his very masculine insights on all of the men we saw last night. Thanks for being here, Greg. Thanks again. So I have to ask, how long have you been watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette? For the better part of three years now, I think uh, when Claire and I first started dating, she was watching the Catherine and uh, Sean season, and uh, it was down to the final two. And Claire was pretty sure that uh, Lindsay, I think, the school teacher, was going to win. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of had that male intuition, and uh, <laughs> I said, no, it's going to be Catherine. I saw them on the horse. <laughs> and, and for me at that point, yeah, that was it. I had that one totally wrong. I I don't know what happened, but it was like a, a very humbling moment for me. But I was happy. I mean, I was happy because I mean, Catherine's I think, great. I think of it as more like a big moment for us. <laughs> <laughs> when Greg bested your exactly. bachelor prediction skills. Yeah. It's a good sign for the relationship. And he's been hooked ever since? 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, we, uh, our couch gets commandeered every Monday night at about eight o'clock. And if I dare speak, uh, at any time, uh, that's not a commercial break, um, I'm very quickly and violently shushed. Yeah. He has this idea that like I talk during commercial breaks. So if he talks during a very climactic moment during the episode, it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. At all, because I can't miss any of the drama. Emma, I think you've uh, come to experience this a couple of times now, having watched with Claire. If, if you if you try to get a word in there during the show, there is a strict code of silence during during the action, which you know I, I appreciate. I appreciate Claire's dedication. Yeah, well, because none of us want to miss anything. Like it's tough when we realize the next day that there was like a really gross comment or a weird aside and we missed it because we were too busy, you know, gabbing about shoes or whatever girls talk about. I mean, I, 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 I was know. talking about the sweaters. Yeah, Greg's really into sweaters. There have been a lot of great sweaters think, this season. A lot of sweaters. I think Ben is really into sweaters. He had an which, incredible can you, array. Can of, you specify which, uh, which Ben? The, uh, <laughs> it's just Ben now, it's right? Just ben. It's yeah. Just ben. There's only one Ben, really. It's Ben. The better H. Ben. Um, yeah. Ben H of the cable knit sweater collection. Also, I just think that Ben Z should just change his name to Ben Z. It does roll off the tongue. Right? It's pretty cute. Like, it's a better name than Ben, I think. I think you should just go with it. It might soften him a little bit. He's a bit, he's a bit, um, kind of a blunt-looking object. Yeah, he needs a little, like, (laughs) yin and yang. He has a lot of emotions. He just hasn't (laughs) cried. He hasn't cried. I thought that Chris Harrison was going to, like, punch him in the nuts or something. He was like... He was like, come on, buddy. You can do it. We built this up so hard. (laughs) You just gotta give us a few tears. It was a real tease. It it, it was actually during Ben's little testimonial when he was talking about his his walls and their ability (laughs) or lack thereof to fall. I got a text from my mom saying... Please stop making fun of Ben Z on Twitter. <laughs> Greg's mom is so sweet. She's very protective of certain of the men and very hateful that. towards some of the others. <laughs> she has strong opinions. She's a strong woman. <laughs> Which same. so do I. So I really respect that. Um, so last night, Greg, who are you looking forward to hearing from the most? Um, I, I you, you might not believe this, but I wanted to hear more from Ben H. Uh, I feel like he's been this—he's been this character who has kind of floated through the show uh, on his good looks, and you know, I know something about that. But um, <laughs> but uh, we haven't really gotten anything from him. I feel like he's kind of just trying to cruise his way into being the next Bachelor, and I don't think he did anything to hurt himself last night by any means. Yeah, I—he's I, sitting pretty. Pretty pretty, as it were, as a bachelor yeah, contender. Sitting there waiting for the adoring women to cheer him on. Yeah. Um, or as Chris Harrison put it, apparently holler at him as though they are construction workers. Yeah. I want the highest to... <laughs> level of compliments, street harassment. He was like, everyone's been really nice. And I wanted to just say, listen, Ben, you don't have to feel flattered. You don't My have to say thank you. They're harassing you and it's not okay. It's a violation of your bodily autonomy. Um, but I, I really don't think that I don't understand the love for Ben Z or for Ben H. I understand the like for him, but I kind of agree. I don't think that he's offered enough to inspire the level of insane devotion that we see. I just think he's a great 
bachelor candidate. Yeah. He is he'll be inoffensive. <laughs> he is not as boring as Chris Sewell's, but they, he's a little boring, which they like. They yeah. like their bachelors to be inoffensive, beautiful, and slightly boring. Yeah. I feel like we're talking about Mitt Romney in 2012 right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Perhaps he, the yeah. same appeal. I mean, he, Republican candidates and bachelors are like pretty they – could, they could draw they, from the same pool. They really much. could. Yeah, well, I mean, right. It's a, it's a precursor. Yeah. To running for state senator eventually. <laughs> I hope uh, so. I feel like he looked around the, the room that first day and he, he was thinking, well, as long as I don't fuck anything up, I could probably be the guy. <laughs> and, then, and then he kind of executed that plan pretty well. Yeah, he played it perfectly. Um, and he, and it's funny because Chris Souls made it so easy. Um, like, I feel like like the Right Reasons podcast keeps saying, oh, Ben H. is so articulate. He's so well-spoken. And he's not very articulate. But he, Chris He's Soles, just not deeply inarticulate. Right. Chris Souls could, could not get out a complete thought. Exactly. And compared to that, it, he just seems... Like and extremely eloquent. Like, he uses complete sentences. Yeah, maybe sometimes that sentence was deeply ungrammatical, but it was it it all came out, you know, in one go, and that seems really impressive. After you know, we Chris take Souls. what we can get on yeah. the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats! Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about. Is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Springtime vibes are in the air. And when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out, you won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space, and even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer, Talon, has been using Pretty Litter, and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com LTSI to save 20% on your first order. And... 
get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quinn's cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quinn's only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house— my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning links... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Exactly. Um, so we need to talk about Ian a little bit. Oh, yeah. I would I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Greg. There was a pretty serious apology routine, which he performed not once, but twice. Yeah. And Greg, Greg was with me when we met Ian. Um, at, at Princeton at Reunions Princeton for Reunions. everyone who... It's an inter- interesting way of describing it. It was more like Claire spotted him across a dance floor and then <laughs> chased him and Listen. kind of... Grabbed onto his ankle. She's dedicated to this podcast. (laughs) It seemed really special to me. That photo of their backs just looked really. I think Greg took a picture of him from afar as he was like trying to brush me off and (laughs) and leave me to be trampled. I was worried I would be subpoenaed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But so Greg has a personal connection with Ian, much like myself. And well, okay. Um, He's giving me a weird look. But <laughs> what Go did on. what did you think of his of his apology? Were you convinced? Um, I was convinced that he was really happy to be on TV again. <laughs> um, he seemed seemed like a complete buffoon. Um, it's a I, great word. I understood uh, what he was. I think what he thought he was trying to do, but um, it just like he could not overcome his own personality in that moment. And he, I mean. And I think I think one of you said he got down on bended knee. He was on two knees for fully two or three minutes, which is a long time. <laughs> which is a long time in television, as you noted, not once but twice. And it was quite clearly this was about Ian, yeah, um, more than anything else. It's just weird because he tried to get down on one bended knee, and then everyone was like, "Are you proposing?" And he was like, "Oh, right. It'll seem less like that if I put the other knee down. That's what what you do when you're." Groveling you're is about, you're, you're on two when, knees. When you're about to be executed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you could see his internal thought process right there. He was like, this will make me look sincere. Actually, I have one more, and this is a truly male perspective. I okay. think he was his pants were a little taut, a little, <laughs> little tight, and I think he was worried about a little split there. It I yeah, I could definitely see that. Also he when he did it with Caitlin, he was like, Oh, I'm cramping up. I have to get up. And I was like, he's about to have a wardrobe malfunction right now. It was it, also he took his jacket off. And I was like, can you not have a jacket on while you do this? Or was it supposed to be like a lawyer giving a closing statement sort of I gesture? Think he probably could have delivered the whole thing from his seat and it would have been fine. But 
it's like he said, this is an example of my humility. He's just really humble. And as <laughs> most Princeton men are. You can't just say something as an example of your humility. You have to take off your jacket and kneel on the ground as an example of your humility. I wish he had a song prepared. I feel like I he was really teasing throughout the season how good he is at singing and we just we didn't quite get that delivered. I, I think he couldn't if he he couldn't have handled another failure is the problem. Like that would have been the end of, of Ian's public life. I think I think maybe it is. I think, I think maybe it's better for Ian and yeah. all parties. You know, I think they would have taken him on Bachelor in Paradise, though. 100%. I don't get the sense that he would want to be on Bachelor in Paradise. I think he he's probably thinking, like, this has already damaged my reputation enough. Yeah, I think he only maybe would want to quit. be on TV again if he were, like, the Bachelor. The main event. Yeah, you want to be—he wants to be, like— the guy who everyone adores. The guaranteed good at it. Yeah. I think there's an opening at uh, NBC. The well. <laughs> Not for long. I don't know how how, uh, how long Donald Trump's going to be out of commission. The, you know, they used to have uh, Trump's kids, like, kind of flanking him during earlier episodes. And they would kind of just, like, spit out little petulant things. And I think Ian would really fit that role really well. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. So on a, I have to ask you a sort of personal question on the record. You enjoy all the bad mouthing of Princeton that happens when Ian's around, don't you? You just like you enjoy it a little bit. That's false. I take no pleasure. <laughs> you just feel like it puts me in my place. I mean, if that's how you feel, I don't, I would want, I don't want you projecting your feelings onto me. So uh... Okay, fine. Let's move on to Clinton, JJ. The Let's... bromance of the century. Yes. Um. So what? Did, yeah, what did you think, Greg, about their little bromance and and also Clint's clear discomfort at all of the the joking about his sexuality? Like I f- I feel like he wanted to make it really clear, hey, everyone, I am a straight man. I have come here to defend <laughs> my straight man cred. I've grown a beard. JJ what was grew your a beard about too. It? I wonder. I felt if like they, they were in witness protection. <laughs> I mean, they clearly had, and, and, and forgive me for this, but it, it, was a, it was a very real brokeback dynamic. And let me just get down further into that. Um, I'm not just saying that because we're, you know, speculating about their sexuality. You know, you have Clint, who's kind of blondish. He's the Heath Ledger type. He's quiet. <laughs> He's, you know, he has that stone jaw. And then you have uh, JJ, who's a little more talkative. He's got the brown hair. He's the Gyllenhaal. And um, you could picture, you know, if Clint was gone... JJ kind of just going into his wardrobe and just kind of smelling his clothes. That's kind of what he did, too, is Clint left and JJ went and cried and, like, punched himself. We got, like, the JJ without Clint scene that was really dramatic. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I think he was definitely sadder then than when he got kicked off by Caitlyn. Yeah. But I think also Clint and JJ at this point have been listening to weeks and weeks worth of really tired homophobic jokes. And yeah, I, don't, I do not, I don't I do not blame them for, just for being, being like, so over it. I actually think, you know, all jokes aside, they, they handled themselves pretty well last night. Yeah, I was expecting them to seem like much more douchey. There was one moment, though, when uh, Chris was telling JJ that he was going to be on The Bachelor in Paradise. And he's like, I have a surprise for you, a revelation. And JJ's face just he he looked dropped. terrified. He, like they were going to play a tape or something. <laughs> and uh, it looked like, yeah, he was terrified. 
And then when he told him he was going to be on the summer show, he kind of was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, right. that was weird because we already knew JJ was going to be yeah, on Paradise. Been playing promos with JJ yeah. very clearly in so them. So here's weeks. what they clearly did they were like, we're going to create this moment where we can tease it. Yet again. So that it seems like JJ is going to come out in a future, like, segment of the show. And then it, we're just going to say some bullshit about how he's going to be on Paradise. It's, like, the cheapest ploy to get people to keep watching the episode. Did you guys notice that when they kind of began that um, segment with uh, Clinton, JJ, maybe it was the audience reaction shots, but every time someone said, meet or hard, or I, th- I think one of them said about relationships, they begin hard, and everyone was just like either la- laughing or just kind of Well, Jared around. did say that it's hard at the beginning to be friends with JJ. Um, and then, well, JJ, yeah, JJ had a line about how he and Clint were just intellectually curious about each other. And that there was a lot the, of meat there, which... I mean, that I don't think that you even need to edit. Like, he, he like, paused, and then he was sort of like, oh, like, I wish that I had thought that one out in my head before I said it. <laughs> I saw someone tweet, like, hey, guys, I think that JJ's just way smarter than we're giving him credit for, and he's just playing into this entire storyline. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um, I, I, I thought that their whole play was... We're just, like, sarcastic, like, smart guys who were just, like... Misunderstood. Misunderstood. We were just, like, giving each other a hard time, and we were making jokes, and... Which, given the editing, is completely possible. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do you think, Greg? Um, yeah, I, they, they were clearly both very uncomfortable. Um, there was... There were a couple of moments where there was, like, a like a a gay panic thing going on right there where there were a lot of people who were very tense. Um, I thought that was a little weird. Um, I wasn't necessarily surprised given the tone of the show more broadly. Um, and it's, you know, rather heteronormative uh, guidelines, but, uh, yeah, that there was a lot of weird stuff. Uh, JJ was like, uh, I think he said, you know, well, I'm just used to, you know, hanging out with my hockey buds and, and I get that. Um, I, I played hockey as a kid. Um, but we, there were certain things that went on between the two of them, which were lovely, that that never took place in my high school hockey locker room, or at least that I saw. Right. I mean, I I did feel like there was there was a certain amount of s- stuff that wouldn't be said about two girls on The Bachelor who were friends, like. You two were in the hot tub hanging out for four hours, and everyone would be like, ooh. Right, like, because all, they have nothing they, else to do right, but like, hang out in a hot tub and the, talk to each other. Yeah, and the idea of having, like, a a close friendship between men is perceived as questionable because it's too close to being gay. Right. In a way that women are not questioned. Right. And we see all the time on The Bachelor two women becoming really close. Yeah. And one of them cries when the other one gets kicked off. I mean, that happened during Sean's season, actually, when Leslie got kicked off and Catherine was like, well, I just don't understand how he could want me if he didn't want her. Like, uh, this whole thing. She was yeah. crying. And no one was like, oh, Catherine's definitely a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't understand why they were touching noses in the hot tub. That clip <laughs> was weird. But I do think it's possible that they were, like, 
fucking with the camera guys a little bit and that just like it was a bad idea because they were just handing them material. I don't know. Like I could see it being pretty easy to forget that the producers and the crew aren't actually your friends. And that at the end of the day, anything and everything you do could be twisted in any way that fits the narrative. Having been surrounded by guys like that, you know, I was in college in a frat, like there is a thing you will see stuff like that where like two guys are really drunk and they're just like blowing out really hard. Just like, (laughs) I love you, man. I love you. And they're just like, Oh, it's like a hug, and it just goes on like a really long time. You know, they're kind of just like grinding each other's heads yeah, into one another. They're and, just like your cheekbones are so. Oh God, they're just gorgeous. yeah. Just, oh, I just want to rub my yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, who, it's true. Like people us? sometimes just just really love each other, and that's fine. Um, and I think that we also <laughs> need to talk about Caitlin's hate mail. You mean before. The, the PSA the in PSA. the middle of the mental. Because this is something that Emma and I were not surprised by at all. And we're, right. we're wondering to what degree you were taken aback or, or were not or were taken you? aback. Well, I mean, I, I think given the uh, industry I work in, which is the same one as you guys, um, I was not at all surprised. I think if anything, they probably found the like 50th percentile of like awful shit that people write to women who are in any way in the public eye. I thought what was more interesting was the audience reaction. Um, the, you know, just from my experience, um, having worked at ABC in the past and seeing people lining up to go in, um, for, uh, filming of shows like this, they tend to be people from out of town. Um, you know, the Midwest, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> what are you saying about the uh, Midwest? Nothing, nothing. They're wonderful people. Good <laughs> salt of the earth. Um, but I think they're maybe a little bit separated from, if not that culture, then understanding that culture necessarily. And the, the looks on the faces of the people in the audience were just like abject horror and shock, which in and of itself is a, a pretty fair response. But it, it was a look of like, I mean, my, my kind of jaded look was feeling was, well, there's nothing surprising here. Oh, yeah. I had exactly the same reaction. I was way more shocked by the shock on the faces of the audience than I was by the tweets that Chris Harrison read. Like, that, yeah, that seemed very run-of-the-mill, like, oh, you're a woman who exists in the public eye and you have an internet presence. Oh, and also you have sex. Yeah, of course people are tweeting at you that you're a terrible whore who should kill herself. Like, that was sadly completely unsurprising to me. Yeah. She said, I get death threats and people were gasping and i said it should be shocking but depressingly you can get death threats as a woman for far less if you can even call it that than like having sex with multiple men on a dating show so it's uh, yeah it was kind of nice to see you know, to see the men who were on the season react to that, though, kind of get a little, a little bit of a taste of yeah. what, especially after some of them had, had been go, saying had things about, like, before she come out about how her decisions were in bad taste and stuff she, she that didn't really take her contributed to, seriously enough. Yeah, and, like they were, they were a little cavalier about contributing to that. Yeah. Um, so, Greg, we want to know what you think about who should be the next Bachelor. From this group, I mean, I don't think you can go with anyone other than Ben H. I I wish there was someone else there. Like, I'm, like, scrolling through their pictures right now. (laughs) For my entert... I mean, I obviously would love her to be Ian because he's wildly entertaining and awful, and I think it would be... They could go the Juan Pablo route. 
Right. Or, or they could go like they could go the Clint route, which is, would just be like have an element of danger to um he just truly looks like an <laughs> 80s movie villain yeah um, but it's gonna be ben h yeah, so yeah i feel like it's so let's look to the next episode instead team yeah. nick or team yeah, I, I know that this has been a bit of a contentious issue within your household so i really just want to hear about your thoughts first of all about nick who we all know claire has really gone to bat for over this season it's amazing how these things begin because at first it was presented to me like uh, Greg, you know, I love this guy, Nick. He looks just like you. And I was, initi- I was initially suspicious of that. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, but I allowed it to carry on. Um, apparently for too long. I mean, this is the thing. I, th- I feel like I've been painted as this anti-Nick character when I'm not. Um, I'm anti-Nick and anti-Sean. Um, so you're just not a fan of either of the remaining well, team no one. I mean, I, I just... Team Caitlin. <laughs> How do you feel about life? Caitlin? You know, I, 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 when she sent Ben Ben home, and I, I know you're going to argue that they didn't have any chemistry, but I thought, I, I thought they had a nice time together. I don't see what a the nice problem is. A nice time is not a pseudo-engagement and marriage. Let's just go back to that scene from two episodes ago where uh, Sean is walking out. Caitlin's finally just like, told him and and he's you know he's like yeah he's walking out and he's kind of having his moment right and they're just kind of lying in wait is your buddy nick and he's just like lurking and he's got his little hands tucked into his little pockets and he's like hey man i just want to like you know have a have a chat with you and and they go in they go into one of the apartments there um (gasps) and and nick does this thing where he like he knows sean is a lunatic like like, again (laughs) not team sean sean is a goon but like he just kind of sits there and he winds him up and he winds him up and he winds him up and I eventually Sean is like, that's... "How? If you say another word to me, bro." And then like, and then you see Nick's little face and his little smile goes up, his little teeth come out, and, he, and, he, and, and, and he's just and he's just like, "Are you angry? Are you gonna hit? Me? Are you threatening me?" Claire, why are you, are you serious jump in right so now? Badly. Okay, and all you have he, to all let me wanted, talk. All he wanted at that. <laughs> You have to let me this talk. This is my microphone right now. All he wanted is... I have a microphone, too. <laughs> All he wanted Here's in that moment thing. was a black Couple eye to therapy go right now, guys. with. Here's the thing. Nick smiles when he's nervous. And he does that little smile when he's nervous. His family does the same thing. It's... What? Don't make that face at me. It's true. Also... You act like he's he's winding him up. No. Sean starts yelling at him immediately. Nick never has a chance to say a single thing. Sean yells at him the whole time the first time they talk, and he yells at him the whole time the second time. All Nick wants is a chance to say, like, one thing to him. One thing. And I think that's a totally human impulse, especially when you're just sitting, stewing by yourself, no TV, no books, no cell phone, nothing, for weeks at a time. And all you have is social interaction with these other guys. And then you don't have that. And you're like, this guy came and yelled at, at me and I never got to say anything in my defense. And you're like, I know, I'll just go have another talk when he's had a chance to calm down. And instead, you just get yelled at again. I mean, I don't really see how that's Nick's fault. I think that he looks bad for falling into Sean's like vortex of just macho douchebaggery. Can I can I respond to that with the no. sports metaphor? <laughs> Is okay. it about hockey? It is about hockey, yeah. God damn it. Okay, very very simply <laughs> stated, there are two types of characters in hockey. Um, there are goons, guys who fight and are looking to, you know, just punch people and carry on. That's sh- that's um, that's Sean in this case, uh, in this construction. That's Sean. 
Um, and then there's another type, um, a very valued asset on a lot of different teams called an agitator. The job of the agitator is to lure the goon in to do something stupid, take, pen take, a, take a penalty, and give the agitator's team an advantage. And this was a very clear agitator-goon scenario here. Now, you, you talk about what Nick wanted. Um, I, I don't want to break down the fourth wall here, but like uh, he's come onto a reality show for a second season. I think he has a pretty fair idea of of how things are managed and how people are kind of caricaturized. And I think he had a pretty good idea of who he was versus who Sean was. And he was trying, trying, trying to break that mold or kind of cut off that storyline by getting punched in the face. I, I think disagree. he wanted to be punched in the face. I think that if he got punched <laughs> in the face, he would go from being a kind of conniving guy to just straight up victim. This whole idea that because one guy is like a nasty, violent jerk, the, the guy who it's directed at must be provoking it is a very victim-blaming narrative. And that's all I, that's that's my final word yeah, on I the think, matter. I think you two might have to agree to disagree on this Yeah, one. Greg's sleeping on the couch tonight. All right. Um, so thanks so much for coming on today, dear. It's been my pleasure. It's been absolutely wonderful to have you. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, choose your choice. Two, meh, you get a pass. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are definitely back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. So believe it or not, getting a group of men together to just talk nonstop is a great recipe for Feminism Fails. And this week was no exception. We really had some choice ones. Oh, yeah. So generally, we have just a bunch of the guys, Koopa, Corey, even Tanner a little bit, attacking Caitlin for bringing Nick on, even though some of the guys gave up their jobs and left their kids to be there. That's at least a three. Um, sorry, it's not Caitlin's fault. Maybe they just shouldn't have left all that stuff behind for a one in 25 chance at winning anyway. And then Corey asks why he couldn't just bring another girl on the show if Caitlin was going to bring Nick on. Basically, he's just annoyed the show was about a woman and not about him. Uh, we're going to give that a four. Ooh. Corey basically the worst, also says Caitlin's decisions were in bad taste and disgraceful. That's definitely a four, and I'm pretty sure bad taste and disgraceful is officially TV code for slut, slutty slut. Ooh. And last, but unfortunately, certainly not least, uh, Caitlin got a whole bunch of death threats and really really disgusting tweets calling her a whore. Let's give that a five. And let's just make it really clear that this is the kind of bullshit that women are subjected to every goddamn day on the internet. Yeah, and it's not remotely acceptable. And now, moving on to something a bit lighter, it's time for the Tweet of the Week. We love live-tweeting The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. That's at Emma Lady Rose and at Claire E. Fallon. And we'll be highlighting our favorite tweets from Bachelor Nation every episode. 
this week, our favorite tweet is from Aaron Ruberry. That's at Aaron Ruberry. I'm looking forward to men tell all because there's nothing I like more than men telling me all the things. Me too. And we'll just leave you with one of our favorite quotes of the night. Inside, I'm crying right now, Chris Harrison explains to Ben Z. Uh, And incidentally, that's also how we feel every time we watch this show. Yeah. Glad to see Harrison back in his element. (laughs) He did a great job last night. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Our producer is Caitlin Boguki, and our audio engineer is Brad Shannon. Thanks to our guest, Greg Krieg. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Emma Lady Rose and at Claire E. Fallon and on email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show. And also, it just makes us feel really good and warm inside. This is Emma Gray and Claire Fallon. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.